If you ever struggle with the amount of money that you charge, whether it's because you feel like it's not enough and you're not profitable or because you aren't confident in the price that you need to charge in order to be profitable, or if it's that when someone calls you out and says, oh, wow, that's a lot of money, you know, I uh, I wasn't expecting it to be so much, or we can't afford that or whatever, and you second guess yourself or feel uh, feel bad about what you're charging, I want you to give today's episode all of your attention. <laughs> this conversation with Bonnie Sindelar is so uh, full of good kind of concrete reasons and action steps related to profitability and pricing and mindset and uh, and sort of sales psychology that I feel like you're going to come out of this with a renewed dedication to whatever your path forward is, whether that is changing your business model, changing your pricing, getting a part-time job to supplement your income, whatever the case may be, I feel like this is going to really arm you with a path forward. And that is so invaluable. So I will cue the music and, uh, and introduce Bonnie on the other side. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Bonnie, it is wonderful to finally have you on This Can't Be That Hard. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I I just want to say that I really appreciate being here. I love your podcast. I listen to it forever. So, you know, I'm fangirling a little bit and just, yeah, I'm very thankful. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, the pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to chat with you. We have had the opportunity to talk a couple of times um, about the business that you are running and, um, and just sort of geeking out on photography business stuff in general. And like I said, I feel like we are overdue to have you on the podcast. You've got so much good stuff to share. And I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. But before we dive in, why don't you give the audience a quick intro to who you are, where you are, and a little bit about your what you've got, you know, that you're working on these days? Sure. Um, okay. So my name is Bonnie. Um, I got into photography when I was in high school and which was over 20 years ago <laughs> for, for my age. And um, we were still doing black and white film and we had dark rooms and all that stuff. So I fell in love with photography way back then. Um, went into college, did not get a photography degree. I didn't think that was maybe the smartest path to go. Sure. Whether that was wrong, you know. Anyways, um, but took a lot of different career paths along the next several years. But in 2015, I finally officially started my own photography business, which is called Genesis Photography. And I specialize in maternity, newborn, and families. And that's what I've done since the beginning. Um, so I'm located in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and, which is in the middle of the U.S. I don't mm -hmm. know for people who are listening outside of the U.S. And um, yeah, and so as a kind of a side project for the last year and a half or so, uh, I also created a website called Happily Ever Photo, which is a photography directory um, for 
people to go on and search for a photographer and they can use filters for specialty and years in business. And um, gosh, I'm totally spacing on this. I'm like so nervous. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> editing what? style, you know, and lots of different other, other filters that you can't do on other um, directory sites. And it's for all portrait photographers. So not just wedding photographers, which is kind of the more common one. Right. Um, but the biggest difference with my directory is that I only allow photographers who charge profitable rates to be listed on the directory. So that was kind of um, a project of my own to uplift the photography industry itself. Yeah. And when you reached out to me originally about your directory and wanting to talk about that, that was what hooked me in. Because of course, as anybody who has listened to the show for any period of time knows, (laughs) I am, uh, you know, Profitability is like front and center in my mission for photographers because I feel like it's it is a problem in this industry and especially uh, when you talk about the sort of non wedding. I feel like the wedding industry is a little bit further than the rest of the industry in terms of charging profitable rates. Not everybody's doing it. That's not to say that um, that is the case, but. But especially within the portrait world, I feel like profitability is something that a lot of people are not building their business around from the beginning. And um, and I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. And I imagine we could go down a deep rabbit hole for that uh, or around that. But it's, you know, it is a combination of things where a lot of photographers start businesses just to monetize their art rather than going at it from like, a, I want to start a business. How shall I, you know, what kind of a business do I want to run? And, um, and yeah, as artists and many of us being women, I feel like that running your numbers thing, and this is obviously broad brush generalizations, but that it is a problem. And that is borne out in the data of businesses that fail really, really quickly. Um, So when you reached out and said, you know, I'm building this directory and it's around profitable, you know, in order to be listed, you have to demonstrate profitability in your pricing. I was like, that is brilliant. Um, So, yeah, so I love it. And I love the fact that, I mean, you've made huge progress on this directory over the past year and a half. Yeah, it's been fun. It's, It's a great community of people. You know, I think there are so many photography groups out there and social media and stuff. And the vast majority of the people in the group are generally kind of hobbyists or they charge very little. And so like just the conversations that happen in the group are maybe not as productive to photography in general. So I really love that I've created this community of people who kind of all have the same mission um, and it's very uplifting. So it's been fun to do, but yeah, I mean, your um, kind of conversation about, the reasons for why we're kind of in the state that we're in with photography. Yeah. I've been able to watch it over the last 20 years, you know, and see how it's really morphed. I've definitely come up with my own, you know, kind of reasons myself. And then also I think more importantly, things that we can do um, to get ourselves out of this, you know, if we really, really want to. Um, So yeah, that's, that's been, that's been a fair amount of my time that I've done thinking about this topic. And I've written a blog article about it, you know, and trying to get it out to as many people as possible. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. What addition, you know, what kinds of things beyond just sort of like, oh, we're artists and many of us are, I mean, like, 
when I say that, I, you know, there's that little like part in the back of my head that's like you're oversimplifying it. And the smart people who listen to this podcast are not, you know, fooled by this being like it isn't just a one dimensional. There isn't just a one dimensional reason. And I do know that um, it does feel like the easiest way to sort of like package it up neatly. But what are some of the other things that you see contributing to photographers not charging profitable rates? Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Are you feeling stuck in your photography business? If you're bogged down or burned out or unsure what the next right step is, you're not alone. I've been there and I know firsthand that quicksand feeling where the harder you struggle, the more stuck you feel, which is why I created the Photographer's Business Plan Glow Up. The Glow Up is a five-part workshop designed specifically for photographers like you. In the Glow Up, I lead you step-by-step through a process that will help you clarify your goals, identify the sticking points that are holding you back, get inspired by some of the systems and strategies that are working today in the photography industry, and then create a completely custom roadmap to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It truly is a glow up for your business. Getting perspective can be nearly impossible when you've got your nose to the grindstone day in and day out. So this short workshop is an opportunity to reset, reevaluate, and rejuvenate your business, and it's all on demand. If that sounds like exactly what you need right now, Click the link in the show notes or go to go.thiscan'tbethathard.com slash glow to get started today. Yeah. So like what you said, you know, if you go onto a photography forum and ask somebody who is not charging enough why they're not charging more, you generally get one of two answers, right? Like my, my work isn't, or I'm not worth it, whatever that may sound like, you know, someone else is charging a hundred dollars and they take better photos than me. And so I should charge less than that. Um, But then also I don't need the money, right? You hear that so often. My spouse usually is the person who makes the most money and I don't need it. So this is just for fun. And, you know, I love doing it so much and I, you know, it's just such a great artistic outlet. And so I don't, you know, I'm okay with not charging. And, and I mean, there are multiple problems in those statements themselves. Um, and so I don't think we need to explain the self-worth issue. And like you said, with, with women, it seems to be a bigger problem than with men not valuing themselves. Um, but I think a lot of this, and I've thought about this a lot too, like why are women so okay with trading their time for no money? Why is that okay for them? You know, even if they love what they do, like who cares? A lot of people love their jobs and yeah. they still get paid for them, right? Sure. But I think a lot of it stems from this, you know, idea of, the men go to work and they trade their time for money and the women stay at home with the kids and they trade their time for fill in the blank, but not money. Mm-hmm. Right. And You know, that we've had this kind of ingrained in our head that that is OK. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's OK in the sense of taking care of your kids, when you go into the workforce, that's not OK in any sense. Right. right? So that I think is for sure a hurdle. But I think a lot of that idea stems from what I call like a lack of inherent value in the photography industry itself. Meaning that, so if someone decides they want to be a medical doctor, they've got to obviously get their high school diploma, then they have to go to undergraduate, then graduate, then residency, and then they have to take this big test and get their license and spend all this time and money to get to the point where they become a doctor. Nobody is going to expect them to open their clinic and say, you know, $10 cash for every treatment. And right. it's because of that big investment that has been put up 
ahead of time. And this is from the public's perception mm -hmm. and then also that person's perception, right? Like they're not going to invest all that time and money and then not see anything in return. Sure. Now in the digital photography space, that investment is no longer necessary. Right. We don't need to get a degree. We don't need to have any education at all, formal or informal. You know, we don't need to have any sort of like pass any sort of tests we can just basically buy a camera and call ourselves a photographer. And for better or worse, from the public's perception, but then also from ours, whether it's conscious or not, even if we have a college degree in something else, we haven't put in a lot of times that investment of time and money to get to the point where we call ourselves a photographer. And so therefore we kind of assign this lower value to what we're doing, you know, and again, like whether we know that we're doing that or not, I think we just think like, Oh, I don't have a degree in this, or I didn't spend, you know, a lot of time in this. And so I don't really have the right to be charging high rates on it. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a solution for that. Um, but I do think that that's one of the big reasons why people start off and they are nervous about having those higher rates and why the public is nervous about paying those higher rates because they know, you know, that it doesn't take anything to call yourself a photographer anymore because they've got 17 friends who all call themselves photographers right. and they never degrees. Um, so obviously there's exceptions. People do go to business school and photography school and put in that time and investment, but I think it's for sure in the minority in the portrait world these days. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that it earns you any like points for lack of a better term with prospective clients. If you, you know, went to school for photography, that's sort of a like, Oh, good for you. But the, I called this other photographer and this is what they charge. So, like, I don't necessarily feel like that's much of a bargaining chip. The proof is in the pudding, so to speak. But yeah, I think that Everything that you're saying, these are these sort of stories that run around in our heads and they probably don't form full sentences, right? Like it's, it is this, it shows up as like this lurking self-doubt, nervousness about setting prices. You, you can, and this is something, you know, I run numbers with people all the time or watch my students run their numbers in my classes and they a number pops out of the calculator that I've created. And, you know, oftentimes there's like a sticker shock situation. And then they go back to the calculator and they're like, well, maybe I could take on an extra 30 sessions a year. Or maybe I don't actually need to pay myself <laughs> a living wage. I'm fine. It's fine. And so we have, and that's actually an enormous conversation that happens all the time in my, in my Facebook groups, because once you're there once, you know, and I am grateful to have a community of people who many of whom are now charging and achieving profitable rates. Like they have lots of people hiring them at these profitable rates. Once you're there, it is so much easier to turn around and be like, no, 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 it's worth making this leap of faith. But I know, I remember when I first ran my numbers, having this sense of like, who in the world would pay that much? That's crazy. And that, you know, that is really, it seems like step number one, you have to get to where you believe that it's not crazy before you can sell that to anybody else. Exactly. And I think like an investment of, you know, money and time or whatever to kind of treat photography like it was, you know, 
like you went to school for it and that you practiced for it um, is a huge part of, you know, kind of your self-worth and mm -hmm. like thinking that that justifying that number essentially. Um, but like you said, I mean, that's another, I think that's the other main problem and most fixable problem in the photography industry and why we are where we are is this lack of transparency with the numbers and the time aspect of yeah. it. So like, you know, someone gets on a photography forum and they say, okay, I'm taking the leap, you know, I'm going to go into photography and I'm going to charge $200 for an all-inclusive one hour session. And that's amazing because I'm making $200 an hour, right? right? someone's going to get on and they're obviously going to reply, no, that $200 doesn't just cover your one hour session. It covers, you know, your travel to get there, your prep, your editing time, the session. So maybe it's more like six hours. That's still not the truth at all, right? right? Because that one hour session that you're getting paid for is paying for every single other part of doing your business that you're not directly getting paid for. Right. So you're doing the invoicing, the editing, the bookkeeping, the marketing, you're up keeping your website, you're doing networking events. I mean, all of this other stuff that has no direct payment for it. And that percent of time in your business that you spend actually taking photos is so incredibly small that even when I heard the number, I didn't believe it. And I had already been in business for several years. Right. So I read an article a long time ago where they surveyed a bunch of photographers asking them what that percent was, you know, out of all of your business time, what percent do you spend taking photos? And the number that they got on average was 4%. Wow. And I've taken um, like surveys of the photographers on our own site too. And our average was about 8%. But I think if you shoot, if you say, okay, five to 10% is what you should expect going in. That's the amount of time that you're spending taking photos, which if you pull that back, okay, let's say that you're, if you want to work 40 hours a week, if you take seven and a half percent and people don't have to do the math i'll do it for them or they can do it on their own <laughs> if they want but if you want to work a 40-hour week that means you have three hours of that week to dedicate to taking photos and the rest of the time you have to dedicate to all the other parts of your business so right. whatever you can make in that three hours has to pay for the entire week so right. if you're like a newborn photographer and let's say that you charge four hundred dollars for a newborn session and you can do one session in three hours that's $400 covering 40 hours, which means $10 hour, $10 an hour for your time before you take out overhead and taxes, right. which is generally in the U.S. accepted that from your gross profit, you'll make somewhere between 30 to 50% right. after you take overhead and taxes. So now you're making 3 to $5 an hour right. on a rate that a lot of people would think is a, a lot of money. You know, yeah. $400 for a newborn session, a lot of people charge that. Yeah. And now you're making significantly less than minimum wage. And like you said, I think this is a huge problem that nobody is actually explaining these numbers. You know, I see a lot of people go on and they'll comment on, you know, posts like this and they'll say, at those rates, you're making less than minimum wage. And then they'll say, bye. If, I know it's I, so toxic. I hate it. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't help. It's not helpful. Right? Because yeah. if I had got into the industry and I was like, help, you know, heck no, I'm charging $400. There's no way that can translate to less than minimum wage. Right. If nobody explains it to me, then I'm never going to believe it. And I'm yeah. never going to change what I'm doing. You know, we have to educate people and there's such a lack of education in the photography industry to other photographers. Oh man, this, that paragraph, Hey, <laughs> Dana, when you listen to this, <laughs> I want you to put this one in gold stars. Like that is so incredibly valuable to break it down like that because you're absolutely right. Everybody's willing to jump onto a Facebook thread and be like, 
whatever, you're the reason the industry is tanking or whatever. I mean, like they, they say some really mean things on there. I am not, I'm like anti-confrontational, but, um, and when people say that all I can think, and I'm like in those situations, I'm typically just lurking. I'll read them. And I'm like, what do you think you've just accomplished? It's like, when you walk by the construction worker who whistles at you and I'm like, do you think that I'm like considering going back and asking whether you want to go out sometime like that? You're just bullying. It's just, it's useless. I don't know. It like gets me all mad. But, um, but so to break it down like that and really explain it is so valuable. And it's hard because you're one of the things that you said at the beginning of the um, interview is also true, which is that our clients, by and large, aren't really thinking that through either. So there is the difficult mountain to climb of setting your prices, owning your prices, telling a prospective client those prices and knowing that in many cases, somebody's going to hear that and they're going to have that same sticker shock, but they're not going to listen to this podcast episode <laughs> to have it broken down for them. So the thing that we can do as photographers or one of the things that we can do as photographers is try to educate other photographers so that more of us are charging sustainable rates so that the sort of cultural norm around that becomes like, oh yeah, that's what that costs. Exactly, exactly. And in, in, in my mind, if the general public knows that they're, because I think you should either be charging nothing while you're still learning, or you should be charging profitable rates. There should be no in-between. Yeah. And so if, if those are the only options that a client has, is to go to a free photographer who is inexperienced or to go to a professional photographer who's charging profitable rates, that's the only choice. Like yeah. they have to pick, right? And yeah, of course, a lot of them are going to go to the free ones. And that's fine because those people are are right now going to like the $75 ones and not doing anybody any favors right. anyways, you right. know, but the ones who actually value photography and they want a true professional, they are going to have to pay those rates because like you said, that's the industry standard and that's their only option. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you don't even have to, like you said, sit there and educate the public. It's just, if they only have two choices then they only have two choices. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I think that there's an, there is a place for free photography. There's also a place for inexpensive photography. And, you know, I talk about, I don't know if you've heard me talk about like the donkey model, which is basically the high volume, low, uh, low rates model. When you were talking about a photographer charging $400 for a session that takes them three hours, if they were doing nothing but back-to-back -back newborn sessions and in 40 hours a week, they were able to, 40 divided by three is hard, but, you know, let's say that they were able to, <laughs> to do uh, nine, 10 sessions a week at $400 and they were paying a staff of people to edit and communicate and, you know, run their business. We actually don't have that many processes in our business that need doing that, you know, that all of that stuff is outsourceable. And so you can run a business where you are doing a much higher proportion of shooting and charging lower rates, but you have to, you have to plan for that. That's not something that you just fall into. And, and actually that would be hard at $400 a session. Cause those like, you know, that fast paced studio model, you don't get any frills. You're just here for like the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am version of a session 
that that's usually people who are price shopping pretty hard. There's nothing to say that those people shouldn't have access to photography. I absolutely think that they should. I just see a lot of photographers who want to set themselves up with a much more kind of high touch, high interaction. They're doing everything from editing to marketing to, you know, accounting and everything else. And they're charging bargain basement rates and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, to in order to decide what you want to charge, you have to know exactly like what you're talking about. Like someone wants to be a high volume and, and outsource all that other stuff and pay someone. They have to do that enough in this, you know, kind of investment time period to know exactly a, that, that it's even physically possible for right. them, you know, emotionally possible, but also they have to know every single one of those costs that they're going to be spending for the editor and for the person right. who's going to be doing all the phone calls in the back end and everything. Like, and that's why I think this, you know, kind of quote unquote school time is so important for people who are new to the industry to sit there and spend a ton of time educating yourself and certainly not just on photography, like educate yourself on business, right? Because 90 to 95% of this is business. It's not photography, right? right? So, um, but spend a lot of time educating, but then also when you're doing all of this practice with, you know, whatever genres and you're figuring out what your numbers are, right? What the costs are also, what kind of selling model do you want to do? You know, mm -hmm. do you want to do IPS? Do you want to do online galleries? What is it that you want to do? Mm -hmm. You're figuring out all these things. And now you have this exact, you know, scientific conclusion of why you need to charge what you need to charge. Mm -hmm. And then that in and of itself gives you a lot more, you know, like, confidence in charging that number. And if you get to the point where you you just can't bring yourself to charge what you have to, then, I mean, this is tough love, but I don't think you should be doing photography as a profession. As and a there's business. nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Like this is an artistic outlet and it's a beautiful thing to keep that as just like a hobby for fun, artistic thing. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in leaving it as an industry, you know, but in, in doing so, we lift all boats, mm -hmm. right? Because that person, if they're not willing to charge or to charge something that will give them a livable wage, I guarantee they can find an employer who's going to do it. Right. So if they go get it, assuming they need the money or want the money, if they go get another job, then they'll be making more money anyways. Yeah. And then the photography industry, the average price of our costs are going to go up because it's only the people who are staying in at profitable rates. And then so everybody benefits. And so, yeah, I don't I think that there's like such this there's so much shame in this idea that, oh, I tried photography and it didn't work, you know? So I either A, lowered my prices, right? Cause no one would pay me. And then I'm working like a dog for no money, but I don't want to admit that right. to anybody else, which helps nobody, right? right? Um, or I just leave the industry and that's embarrassing too. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. 100% yes. Like to absolutely everything there. I have actually, <laughs> one of my, I'm sure less popular opinions is, the people who say when I come to them and say, you, you know, you're not charging profitable rates and their response is, well, I don't really need the money. My response to that is, would you just consider not charging money for what you do? And, I, and that's a legitimate question. Like, how about instead of charging these like kind of industry killer rates you're doing great work. Why not volunteer your time? Like you don't need that money. Great. There are people who are desperate for photos and photos are just one of those things where if you don't have wiggle room in your budget, that's not on the table. So how about you offer that? And what I love about that suggestion is that if you are truly in a 
financially free position where you don't need the money and you go and you deliver that value for free, you are going to, I mean, we all know that like that kind of volunteerism and giving um, and finding like a community that you're really passionate about gifting that to uh, fills our own cup a lot. But also when you're in that position, you are way better at putting boundaries around it. Because I I think that what happens as soon as there is any financial transaction, your clients expect the world, even though they're charging you, you know, 150 bucks and uh, and you feel indebted to like, oh, well, I guess I'll skip my kid's soccer game on Saturday because, you know, this is when they can meet me. And it's just a downward spiral into like it it has nowhere to go but down like that. Unless you change the terms of the agreement um, in one way, shape or form, it it does not that doesn't float for very long. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah. So I would love to hear your insights about the solution here, like in addition to sort of educating ourselves and helping other photographers find their way to education. And I'm going to like do a small plug right now for my, my new online free education uh, platform, which is this can't be that hard university, which you can go to this can't be that hard.com slash free to sign up for. But, um, but in addition to that, you know, what are the things that we can start to think about and look toward to, um, to help move away from this? Or what recommendations would you give to somebody who f- is feeling stuck in that spot where they're like charging some money and they're getting lots of like, oh, you're too expensive. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my first piece of advice would be if you haven't run all these numbers to know exactly why you need to charge that, then do that first. Because to have that conviction um, is, is huge, you know, especially like we were saying with females and kind of like, well, you know, having, having trouble with charging money for our time and everything. If you know, okay, I'm either working for this and I'm going to actually make money or I'm working for what I feel comfortable charging and I'm going to make no money, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you have to make that decision. And I'm, you know, if people have to go to therapy to to figure out that their time is, is valuable, then, then, you know, maybe you have to do that. But, one of my suggestions would be to get rid of all the environments where the people aren't, aren't valuing themselves, you know? So leave all those Facebook groups that are like all the family photographers who are charging like $25 mini sessions, just, just walk away from that and only surround yourself with a community of photographers who, who know this industry and know what it costs and are educating people and are in the space that if you're not in right now that you want to be in, you know, so it's kind of that you're someone you're always aspiring to and you're not in these groups. And even if it's a group where in theory, it's like a profitable photography group, if the only thing people are doing is getting on there and complaining about their clients and how awful they are and, you know, how they want all this extra stuff for no money and blah, 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 blah. What I feel like a lot of forums have turned into now, just leave, you know, like just take all the negativity out of it and decide exactly what it is that you want to do, what you want to charge. And if and if you're not getting any clients or enough clients at that rate, again, I'm of the opinion, if you need the money, get a part-time job. Yep. Like again, there's nothing, there's no shame in that. No. Have something that can help support you. And then when those clients come, it's worth your time, you know, and then you just keep 
like you and I were talking in our last conversation, like slow and steady, you said, can win the race, yeah. right? That you really can build this slowly. It doesn't have to be this rocket from I started my business to I'm making, you know, six figures or whatever your goal may be. And a lot of people, I think, teach that. Um, so photographers are like, oh my gosh, you know, if I'm not there right away, then I'm a failure or I'm just going to do this for fun for $25 or yeah. whatever, you know, understand that it can be a process, but don't give in on, you know, once you know those numbers, there's no reason to charge less than that. Even if you're just doing this once a month, you know, make it worth your time. Yeah. Just, I don't know. That, that would be my advice. Yeah. And for the, in the spirit of transparency, my business, I started in 2010. I continued to work as a full-time nurse, so 36 hours a week as a nurse for the first two years of that. And then I was set up in such a way, and I had saved up some money and whatever, and so I went full-time as a photographer. But from the time that I, so that was 2012, it was still another five years before I had my first six-figure year, and that was really only when I was under the gun of having just gotten divorced and needing, like, needing to up my... And when I say six figures, let me also clarify that that's gross income. That was not, like, my profit margin. So it took me a solid eight years to get to a place where I was charging enough and getting enough work to make that amount of money. It is not, or it wasn't for me, like, this you know, rocket ship from the ground. And I don't think that that's what it is for most people. And so if you're in a position where you are feeling like, oh, it's just taking so long and I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing, please feel encouraged to, if this is something that you are dedicated to, it is not, it's not necessarily like a linear path, <laughs> like check these eight boxes and then you are going to make a certain amount of money. But it is, um, if you, I really do feel like if you continue to build your skills in both art and business and stick with it and set yourself up to be profitable and sustainable, it's absolutely just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. And uh, kind of on the topic of pricing yourself and like where exactly to land on the price point, I know we kind of talked before recording about the the middle ground and yeah. a lot of photographers know you know this term middle ground and they think that it's like the dead zone right that if you're charging in this middle ground that you're going to lose the clients who want the cheap photographer but you're also going to lose the clients who want the luxury experience mm-hmm. um, and i do think that's an argument for why the middle ground is tough but i also in my own experience have found the middle ground really tough because Nowadays, and I'm like I said, I'm I'm doing weddings and or not weddings. I'm doing newborns and maternity and families. So mm-hmm. I can't speak for other genres, but there's a push in our industry to, um, in order to kind of create more value for what we're doing. You know, if we want to charge more, people are having you know client wardrobes, um, or they are um, doing you know kind of these other these other things that cost. Maybe they're getting a studio space to be more professional, or these things that cost them more money Mm -hmm. so that way they can justify charging higher prices. But if they don't take those prices all the way to, I don't want to necessarily luxury space, but you know, uh, not the middle ground. What I would consider the middle ground is kind of like your average income on a one hour session is maybe like 400 to a thousand dollars, maybe a little less than that. Mm -hmm. That would be what I would consider middle ground. Um, But if, if you want to take it past that, then all of those expenses that you've added to your business are fine. But if you want to jump from 
$300 to $600 a session, but you've added, you know, an entire client wardrobe and you've added a studio and you've added, you know, like these before and after, you know, styling sessions with your clients, you know, all these things that you're trying to add to give yourself like a leg up on those cheaper photographers, then your expenses are so much higher than they were before that if you're lucky, you're netting the same amount of money, but you probably find yourself end up netting less. Yeah. You know, so I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation. They're like, well, heck, I was making more money just being the shoot and burn cheap photographer. And they go back to that or they make the leap and they say, no, I don't want to go back to that. Now I'm going to do, you know, kind of the luxury IPS market. And I don't think it's impossible to be in that middle ground, but I do think it's tough because if you're not providing something different than what those $300 photographers are providing, then it's it's a hard choice for a person to say, okay, I'm going to spend $600 instead of $300, mm-hmm. right? If, if they're not the, one of those people who, like you said, really want that like super high touch in-person sales, hang my wall out, you know, kind of person. Right. Well, the things that I think people can add to their sort of value stack, if you will, that don't cost anything other than like kind of getting your act together a little bit are a really well-honed process that you can talk about really knowledgeably. And because I do think that for a lot of people who are coming into like, I want to hire a photographer They don't know anything about it. They don't know what to expect. And a lot of photographers assume that they're doing uh, their clients a service by saying, oh, we just do the session and then get all the files. And that is easy for someone to understand. So that can be a quick thing for them to kind of like get their hooks into. But it also leaves a whole lot of like blank space on the page in terms of like, well, what is the value there? And then they're just price shopping among Uh, shoot and burn photographers or uh, all-inclusive photographers. Whereas if you say, first, we're going to do this, and then there's going to be this, and then, you know, these are the follow-up steps. And at the end, you're going to have X, Y, Z. And I feel like it is really valuable to help paint like a really, you know, we're visual people, a visual picture for someone about what they're going to have at the end beyond just like, and then I'll send you a link to your hard, you know, to the downloads or whatever. I think that that adds a lot of value, perceived value when you're explaining your uh, process to someone. And then the confidence of knowing exactly, you know, what to what's going to happen next and being able to answer those questions really knowledgeably and comfortably. That puts the person who's in the buyer's seat at ease with like, this person knows what they're doing. And so even though they charge double what that other person that I talked to, who was just like, give me $400 and I'll give you 30 images or a hundred images or a thousand images or whatever it is. um, I do feel like that is, you know, it's the pricing psychology piece, but confidence is, uh, it's really valuable because the person who's looking to hire you wants to feel confident too. And that confidence is infectious or, you know, it, it, you can sort of share that with someone. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And like you were saying the, the confidence fact, like people can pick up on that, right? Yeah. Like I, I have listened to podcasts with other photographers and you can hear in their voice that they're um, like myself, an introvert, and they're not good at like selling themselves very well. And they talk about their struggles with something like, you know, in-person sales or that they're they're giving away a lot more than they probably should for their price point. 
And it's, I think a big part is because people can pick up on that. And yeah. if they can learn how to speak confidently about a, a number and really believe in it, then clients are going to believe in it too. And yeah. the biggest complaint I've heard from clients who come to me who were with cheaper photographers before is that lack of communication, right? right? That lack of personal touch. Like, yeah, we just met at the session and that was the first time we talked at all, you know, other than on email. And then we didn't, you know, they sent us a gallery a week later and then that was it. There was like no expectations, no communication. And yeah, that's for sure can set you apart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you think about it outside of photography, if you think about a job interview and, you know, we're all nervous when we go to a job interview because we want somebody to hire us for the job. But an interview really should be a dialogue rather than, you know, I'm here auditioning for this job. It's a uh you're going to want to make sure that the the fit is mutual and you know it's a you're setting yourself up for success it's the same when you're looking for photography uh clients you're nervous they're probably a little nervous there's a there's a fair amount of mutual trust so every photographer that i know who has gone to the trouble to set up a business like has actually gone into business has some level of inward belief that what they have to offer with their photographs is valuable so you really just have to tap into that and combine that with you're absolutely right, running your numbers and sort of seeing that this is what this is worth because it is like that's you have to you have to charge that much in order for it to be sustainable. And I think that that combination is it's kind of a magic. It's a magic formula, but you have to you have to go at it with like, OK, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah. And support from the photography community is imperative in this, right? Like yeah. when I get so heartbroken when I see people post, a, you know, a fairly profitable rate for a session and then they get beat down by other quote unquote photographers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing from the general public who doesn't know any better, but another thing from a photographer who's like, oh, all families deserve photos and I would never charge that much and like on and on. And why are you taking advantage of whatever? I mean, that is so so sad. And there is no space for that in this industry, especially in the state that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know that we're already like way past the amount of time that I normally talk. I want to tell a really quick story from the beginning of my photography career. When I was still working as a nurse, I was taking care of a patient who was having a baby and her husband was in the room. Um, and at some point, like the fact that I was in, you know, trying to start a photography business or had started a photography business came up and he introduced himself and he was like, Oh, I teach photography at this local arts center. And, um, you know, I'd love for you to come take one of my classes. And anyway, so we had this like little chit chat, whatever. And, um, and then we became friends on Facebook because that's what she did back in 2010. And, um, and I, I think that when I first talked to him, I had not yet set up my website. And I don't know, a couple of months later or whatever, I launched my website and put it out to people. And I had taken a class on pricing and my prices were high. I mean, they're basically what they are now, especially for somebody new. And he sent me a message on Facebook and was like, I think you should consider lowering your prices. <laughs> because you're new and that's a really high rate and blah, blah, blah. He like said this whole thing and he was a super nice guy. Like I did not in any way question his motives there. And I was like, okay, thanks. I ran my numbers and I still have my job as a nurse. So I'm just going to see if this works. And, um, but it was like, I was kind of humiliated, right? Like somebody who knows what they're talking about and I'm air quoting that, but like, 
And I will tell you, like he, I, he still pops up in my Facebook feed um, to this day and like super nice guy, still teaching art at the local art center. Um, and he also teaches vegan cooking, like he's, he, whatever, it's fine. But I look at the fact that I have built a very, you know, like good career on the income that I make as a photographer. And that I don't know that that ever would have been able to be possible if I had let him or people like him, because he certainly wasn't the only one, um, you know, cause me to question that. So you do have to have that kind of internal fortitude. But yeah. it's there. Yeah. And you've got a support team in me and Bonnie. <laughs> exactly. We will cheer you on. Oh, we will. Absolutely. And give you tools to, like, get you on your way. Um Bonnie, I feel like everyone who has listened to this is going to want to connect with you. I would love to see a lot of you guys who are already charging sustainable prices join up on Happily Ever Photo. It's a great directory, um, and it is growing pretty fast, so it's a good time to get in. Uh, Bonnie, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, um, well, so for Happily Ever Photo, it's just happilyeverphoto.com, and you can jump on, and there's a tab, you know, that says Get Listed. You can kind of read all about it, check out the directory. Um, we have roughly 1,100 photographers on there right now listed um, all over the country. So it's just for the U.S. Um, you know, I'd love to expand in the future, but for right now, for I don't now, know all sure. the laws and everything for outside the country, so I'm just going to stick with the U.S. for now. Yep. So yeah, you can find me there. Social media, my Facebook is the same, Happily Ever Photo. And I think Instagram is Happily Ever Photo Company. I'm not going to say that I spend a lot of time on social media. So, I mean, you can reach out to me there, but email is generally the better option. My own photography business is Genesis Photography. Um, and if you look that up for Nebraska, you'll you'll find me there. But yeah. I love it. Wonderful. Well, and we'll list all of it in the show notes. And, uh, and this has been great. What a... What a, like a literally valuable conversation. I don't, I, it feels like it's been a long time since I had such an in-depth conversation about profitability and you are the perfect person to, to chat about this with. So thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and for putting so much effort behind something that you, you and I both feel passionate about. It really is important. And I really do appreciate you. Of course. Thank you. And then also, you know, if people want to spread the word about this, you know, this entire topic we talked about, I did write a blog article on that and I can share that link with you too. Sure. If, you know, people don't want to sit there and type, type out all in. the numbers on every single <laughs> Facebook reply or whatever, they can link to my blog. I'm sure other people have written things on it too. Yeah. Wonderful. I will, uh, I will put that link in the show notes as well, but thank you so much. I hope you have a thank wonderful you. day. You too. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.